0: Downright, downright down down right un-American. No patriot. I'll right. tell you something. I'll tell you something.
1: I'll tell you
0: something. Downright, downright, downright
2: un-American. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's all about the money.
0: Anti- anti-American. Anti-American. They want, they want the money. It something. doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Anti-American. Anti-American. Down right, patriotism. Anti-American. They were like. Death. Down, right. I'll tell you something. And un-American. Something. American, American. Un-American. Un-American. Somebody's right. a treasonous. So Period. I mean, yeah, yes, why not? It, it doesn't have anything to do with patriotism. Downright anti-American. They want the money to. I'll tell you something. Anti-American. American i Un-American. I'll tell you something. I mean, they certainly. Tell you something. Didn't seem to love our country very much. right, un-American.
2: Welcome to another episode of Un-American, the show about turncoats, traitors, and treasonous where no fraud or grifter is safe. I am Brandon and I am joined today by Frank. How are you doing today, Frank? Ooh, I'm I'm doing good. Brandon, fantasy hockey is finally back. Oh, I'm so excited! It feels like the longest break we've ever took. I know, it hasn't been. Yeah, uh, I think it actually probably was the shortest because COVID made it go longer. Yeah, no, it. it but, I think it was the shortest off season. But man, I was like, I was in the same boat where I was really excited to to get back to that. Um, yeah, like every year, I'm super excited, and then I draft my team and I look at them, like, oh. You know what's <laughs> uh, awesome uh, this year? The, something that I can normally not say. is is I drafted really fucking well this year. And I think it's because I tra- changed my strategy. Most years, our, for, in our league, our goalie points are uh, considerably like weighted in comparison to any other position. Um, like If you have a good goalie, you're in much better standing a lot of times than other teams who are not. And so usually when I draft, I take... Uh, I take goalies really early in the draft, and this year I was like, "Fuck that," because I do that every year. People are expecting it. You took the number one goalie in yeah. the league, f- first overall, so I was like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna focus on forwards." Because normally, so for people who don't play fantasy sports or do drafts, the way that that we have ten a ten person league, and the way that that goes is like each person will take a player from the from the league, right, from the pool of players. But then it goes in reverse for the next round of the draft. We have 21 rounds of the draft. So once you take a player, like, you have 20 turns until it gets back yeah, to you. Yeah, I, I got the mistake of being – I thought I was happy being player, like, the the first pick this yeah. year. And then I realized, oh, that's the—that's right. I got to wait 20 picks to get my second yeah. person. I, a lot of people like the first, the first couple of spots. I do not. I actually got really lucky and ended up drafting 6th and like that is like my favorite spot. Being in the middle of the draft is like my favorite or yeah, in the middle of the lineup. It's like my favorite spot to be because you have the only 10 every time to like come back around to you. Um well, I guess no, you don't. You still have twenty. It just it seems to, it, but you don't have as long from the first pick to the second pick as most people do. Yeah, which is where your your first, two, yeah, your two best players are going to come you, from. You learned what I learn every year, which is when you take a goalie that early on, and then you allow like twenty of the top forwards to go. There's considerably less to yeah. to do like you, you find yourself scraping the bottom of the barrel very early in the night yeah it's like you're missing out on the best forwards yeah no matter what if you take a goalie up front like that um so i don't know we'll see my goalies aren't as strong this year but my forwards are very strong and uh so i don't know i'm excited that it's back too i i had a lot of fun playing it last year um jim is now with us tonight he uh he is he's taking a break he's had some uh some stuff come up In his schedule. Um, So we'll get back to him next week. I am also doing well. And for a goofy reason, it was one, this is actually, I'm stealing one from Jim from a few weeks ago, but I recently started listening to music that I listened to around like my high school years. Um, And one of the things I do, and I've told you guys about this every year, but every October, I'll listen to, I have like a Halloween playlist on. Uh, on Spotify or whatever and that's got like a bunch of Marilyn Manson and Korn and uh, shit that I don't even really like but had a big place in my childhood. Um, So I've I've been listening to that a lot. And then for whatever reason, uh, my little brother sent me like some Screamo song just like out of the blue. And so it made me – it reminded me of Seosin. And so I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to that Seosin album from 2006 and I fucking still love that album. Like I was surprised at how much of that album not only that I remembered but just like I just I really really like that album. It's a really good um it's a really good one. It's always so. a pleasant surprise because so much music from your childhood doesn't Live up, like... no. I, I, I was a big fan of, like, Blink-182 and I was, like, 11 or 12. And going back and listening to it now, I'm just like, hey, yeah, this is all shit. Like, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> emo really didn't, like, age super well either. There's a lot of shitty emo bands and stuff. Um, but for whatever reason, I, like, I still really like that Seosin album, and I've been listening to it a lot. My kids have been listening to it a lot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, with that out of the way, we are going to do another... This episode going to be a filler episode, kind of, because um, I had originally expected uh, Jim to be here tonight, so I had a whole different plan lined up, and then when he, when he told us that he wasn't going to be available, um, I was like, well, I don't want to do that topic without Jim, so fuck it, let's do another update episode, and this one is going to be extremely silly. We're going to talk about Kenneth Copeland again. Um, not God's favorite child. I, I thought, like, shit, I should go back and just do a prosperity preacher because it'll be easy for me to prep. It'll be funny um, and, like, not so I, – I typically don't think that I'm going to have to dive into as much shit that they say as I would with somebody like Tucker Carlson or Ben well, Shapiro or something. let's be real honest. They got one source, one book they pull from. <laughs> yeah, no And shit. half the time they're not even that, like, strict about reading from that book. They no. kind of just freestyle it. <laughs> yeah. There's – there's gonna be a lot of freestyling. Yeah, on I, this don't, I didn't even know. I don't even know what we're gonna listen to, but I can guarantee you, it's gonna be off the top of his head because, like, unless you actually work for a church and you're like a legit preacher or or father or whatever, you don't plan what you're gonna say. And, Kenneth Copeland and Jim Baker do not plan. They just like, I made a million dollars telling people I need God wanted me to have a plan. I can say whatever I want. Right? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And when we get into this episode, one of the the Things that's just not lost on me at all. When I when I pulled this episode and I started watching it, um, I like I just don't understand how there are people in the fucking building that are watching this. Like, and uh, this is going to be another. Uh, clip from like one of his one of his shows this isn't his church service is we're actually taking it from the same stage that we did his last episode on um but just like all of these you never see the audience's faces so like i mean they could be crash test dummies you see the back of their heads and i'm just like how are all of these gray-haired old people a, even if you were like senile, like even if you were senile, I feel like it would be really fucking hard to sit through this shit. Um, so we're going to talk about he did an episode um, on September 11th um, that that was a uh, like a memorial or like whatever, uh, a remembrance of 9-11 try to keep that in mind as we're going through this because he's so going to the- forget. Theoretically, <laughs> like, he is supposed to be talking about the the terrorist attacks and, uh, he, and uh, America coming together and overcoming hate with love, yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, he's... I've seen a lot of preachers talk about 9-11. I'm familiar with how they work them into religi- religiosity, you know, like yeah, how they lead it back to Jesus. Yeah, it's really, it's really weird. And this episode to me is like 100% like... If you could... Like, if you didn't know what dementia was, but you needed a living example, this is, this is like the walk into dementia. Like, 100%. I just like, and like, and that's not even, like, I'm not even shitting on because I know dementia is a serious thing and like whatever. And I'm not even trying to 100%. Like, I'm not even trying to use it the way that Republicans do towards Biden, but like kind of a little because this is, this is it's funny because he's a prick but like otherwise it would be sad like if he was not a piece of shit. Like, I feel like, so, be like if you were the cameraman recording him in the backs of the the, the first row's heads, you, like halfway through his sermon, you'd be like, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah. Like, we yeah. might need to take him off the stage. It's, like, be prepared for a distraction. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. So this, we're going to have a little bit of fun. We're not going to have to think too hard for this episode. Well, he didn't while putting it together. He, 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 so he, it absolutely, he absolutely did not. Um. So yeah, we'll get into that in a second. Before we do that, I do want to say that if you like the show and you want to support what we do, um, you can head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash unamerican and become a patreon patriot today bonus content is available there um as well as uh merch and other cool stuff you can get the episodes a day early and um of course we do appreciate your support of the show we do. Um, so with all of that out of the way check out this freudian slip
1: lord you are the terrorist In this matter, Mm -hmm. you are a terror to your enemies. And we thank you today in the name of Jesus that whatever this is, we will come out victorious and we will win it. And it will not turn out like the enemy planned for it to turn out. Praise God. Whoa,
2: wait a minute. (laughs) Did you just call your Lord and Savior a terrorist? (laughs) Yeah. I want, I... I hope I'm wrong and that there is a heaven and a hell, because I just want to imagine that Kenneth Copeland gets to heaven and God has that clip running on a loop. He's <laughs> like, you pretty much called me a suicide bomber, you dumbass. Hey <laughs> motherfucker. I got some problems with some of the shit that you said. I just love, like... <sighs> I can see why, if you're a Christian, you would think that's sweet. You're like, you're the terrorist of love, you're the <laughs> yeah. terminator of hope. <laughs> yeah, that's but exactly really, how he's using it. Yeah, but it's actually <laughs> very insulting. Oh yeah, it's it's, you, like, it's very I, blasphemous, and it, it's something that a lot of prosperity preachers do because they have to they have to run the line between prosperity and feeling fear of God. Yeah, because if you're fearful, you're going to donate more money. Yeah. So, like, and he's using him as that, essentially. He's like, you're a terrorist to people who don't believe in who you. Who don't follow the line yeah. completely straight. You'll terrorize them. Yeah, it's it's a little bit fucking heavy-handed. <laughs> um, Does that make Satan the U.S.? If they're opposites? Is, Satan, is God crashing planes into the towers of Satan's hate? Oh, shit. I don't even know, but I mean, now we're being asked this. Man, I want to ask Ken so many questions. <laughs> yeah. Well, keep he, keep going with this analogy, Ken. Yeah. See where it leads you. Um. So this is a goddamn ridiculous episode. Uh. And so we're just gonna we're just gonna let it get started right here. Um. Again, try to keep in mind. Well, I uh, we, yeah. It, so th- it, that it, was it, on it, point. He's talking about nine eleven. He brings up terrorism. That is somewhat connected. It's a horrible analogy. Oh, yeah. Deeply offensive. He's going to do a lot. But it's tied to it. Yeah. He's going to forget a lot through this episode and then try to work back to tying things in. And, man, like I said, if he wasn't a steaming pile of shit, like, this would be a sad episode for me. (laughs) Not funny. But we're going to try to get through the humorous side of it.
1: Hello, everybody, I'm Kenneth Copeland. 20 years ago today, this is one of those things you never forget, like Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Brother Copeland, I don't remember Pearl Harbor, I do. The day before, I'd had a birthday party. because on, on the 6th of December of 1941, I turned five years old and I was very excited because my birthday and Christmas came together. And so I had a birthday party, and all of a sudden my birthday party got really mixed up the next day really messed up that
2: is not how birthday parties work by Why is the way he having a birthday party the day after his birthday well, well and he just and he said that he had a birthday party the day, the day of his birthday yeah which was december 6th and then said his well, birthday party got messed up the next day i guess he's god's like special little boy he gets two birthdays yeah i don't know it actually lasts up until christmas you, all december you, you can't mess up the birthday party also after the birthday party i don't know about you I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that he's bull- he's fucking lying. Do you remember anything from when you were five, or do you remember stories people have told you about what you did when you were five? I do, like I honestly do. But really? I'm I, yeah, but I'm also 33. So like yeah, I remember like cutting my t-shirt and getting in trouble in kindergarten because I because they gave us scissors at school and I was like ah, it'd be cool if I cut this new outfit mom just bought me. And I even remember what the outfit looked like and I remember how much trouble I got into that's fine oh no well, maybe but i'm just uh, Kenneth copeland's already full of formaldehyde so like yeah. i'm not by and like well as we go through this episode and he struggles to like to s- remember what stay happened stay the fuck awake like i just <laughs> like i don't know man he's I, sundowning he's sundowning yeah he's, he's getting it's getting seven he's getting close to the dementia there's, age. A, there's a few times throughout this episode where you're like i think you're talking conveniently not fucking literally at all um so uh yeah I, love, I just love that in his remembrance of 9-11 he's like yeah you know what else was ruined my birthday by pearl harbor <laughs> yeah like what it, okay always affect me i'm super glad that this episode is called something about 9-11 like, you just if, start with pearl harbor if something happened the day bef- after my birthday <laughs> i couldn't say it ruined my birthday no If something happened on November 16th, it wouldn't have ruined me or your birthday because it happened after our birthday. Yeah. Like, unless we're clairvoyant or we know the Mm future— it can't ruin the day that it before it happened yeah no it can't and that's why that clip is called that's not how birthdays work <laughs> <laughs> so um but, but it's, uh, A it's not how terrorism works you don't terrorize with the love of the lord Ooh. B your birthday it doesn't last two days nah th- unless maybe like I don't know maybe he was born at like 11 at night and so they they like the 6 hours before and the 6 or the 12 hours before it doesn't matter when after. he was born he was 5 yeah <laughs> like, <true>. it doesn't <laughs> fucking so matter um so you know it's 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 whatever but one of the one of the common phrases that we associate with things with national tragedies like september 11th and like pearl harbor if you're kenneth copeland and you're talking about it kind of irrelevantly um is the one of the phrases that we never forget never forget does he forget kenneth copeland will do that for
1: you and and nobody knew where Pearl Harbor was. Of course, it's big, you know, it's old hat now. A lot of people on the mainland had no idea where Pearl Harbor was. And anyway, so you don't forget those kind of things. And you don't forget 9-11. He circled back. He
2: circled what? back. And the fuck? He yeah, it doesn't. The start of his story was how people didn't know where the base was, and he's like, anyway, you never forget. You didn't know in the first place. Uh, yeah. What the fuck? Also, the Japanese knew where Pearl Harbor <laughs> was just fine. Also, <laughs> like, th- like, I don't know where Kenneth Copeland grew up. I'm not privy to that information. I'm not he either. He says on the mainland. Didn't he say that or yeah. on the- yeah? So that leads me to believe that he was on, he was in Hawaii during the Pearl Harbor attack, and is trying to say that even the people in Hawaii didn't know where Pearl Harbor no, was. No, that's not how I took it. I just took it as, or does he mean the mainland is in like the the lower forty-eight? No, I think that he's yeah, the mainland is the the is the continental United States. Okay, and so I think he's saying that people in w- America didn't know who Pearl didn't Harbor know, was before. Wait, right, that's true, probably yeah, and that's fine, completely irrelevant to. Like how that would relate to anything that has to do with nine right. eleven or even fucking Pearl Harbor, like, you, the I, that, like the fact that like I guarantee um, you, if you took if you went back to uh, two thousand and you asked uh, like uh, everyone in America where are the tw- where are the twin towers, half the people wouldn't know what the twin towers are. Right, but you ask them today, you're like, oh, they're in New York. Like because you associated with that, like right? So, yeah, people didn't know what Pearl Harbor was. It was a fucking one of many bases we had. Of course, they didn't know. Why yeah. is that important? Yeah, and it's completely not. He's just he was loosely trying to uh, to connect something that like, like he, that he shouldn't have even really. My, looked, okay, I have a theory. I have a theory that he is he's he's old. So it, in order for him to remember, people are writing like uh, key phrases on whiteboards. They're holding up behind the camera. And one of those phrases just said, never forget. And he was like, never forget. Hang on. Let me vamp for a minute. I'll get back to remembering (laughs) after I remember not to forget. All right. So uh, what I haven't mentioned yet, and it's because it's completely unimportant, is that uh, Kenneth Copeland has a guest on this show again, like he did last time. Um, The guest this time is Professor uh, Greg Stevens. Um, he is, uh, completely not important, um, as you will be able to tell on this episode, because I don't even, I'm not even a hundred percent sure why He's on the show. He's a guy who shows up on Kenneth Copeland's programs, multiple programs, uh, pretty consistently. Um, so he's a guy who's part of that ministry and and other. Uh, and I'm, I'm betting his he, the the professor in his title comes from the fact that he teaches at a Christian college. Yeah, I'm not trying to figure out which uh, Amazon book he fucking <laughs> self published. Like I just didn't care, especially because he's not relevant enough. Like I really don't know why he's there. He could be in the audience if not for this next. Clip, which is the most amount of talking that we're going to hear from him in this entire episode of, of Copeland's show.
0: Where were you on 9 11? I was in San Diego, California. It was early in the morning for us. And my son, oh, it
1: was, wasn't it? Yes, sir.
0: Uh, my son Matthew was just about a year old, and I was up taking care of him, and my phone started ringing. Are you watching? Or have you seen what's going on? And then I turned it on and, and saw the second plane yeah. hit. No, I remember it like it was yesterday.
1: Oh, I did too. Uh, Keith Moore and I were taping that day, and uh, uh, Gloria has a small television in her in her dressing room there in her bathroom, and and I was in in my bathroom, just getting ready, and I I I, I heard some of the things on the television. She said, "Kenneth, you better get in here. We're being attacked." I got in there just in time to see that second airplane hit the, the uh, hit the, trade tower.
2: Kenneth Copeland gets inappropriately excited about stuff, um, and I'm not not even at the end of that clip, but at the beginning of that clip. <laughs> Where were you, Greg Stevens? Tells his, his whatever. I was in California. I remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> so do I. It's like, why are you so excited, right? Well, there? you're talking Kenneth, about a tragedy. bro. Kenneth Copeland is excited that he remembers any morning. Yeah, maybe that. Maybe that is it. Yeah. I got this one. Hang on, I can I can name my wife. Good. You know, it took me four and a half hours to get here this morning. So also, not that I. I don't want to call them a liar. Cause I don't know. Maybe they didn't see the second plane hit. I have a feeling a lot of people say that who don't who. Remember seeing it in replays in yeah. the three months after where they played it every day, right? But I don't think that many people actually saw it hit. Not, I mean, millions did. Yeah, but right. if you talk to anybody, they'll tell you I saw the second play and hit well, live, and, and I don't think that's true. And for maybe everyone. maybe he did. I mean, he's a guy who's who has been on television and in studios for well over the twenty years that yeah. uh, when he said it just happened. Yeah. So like, it's yeah, very maybe. possible that he was in a dressing room and did see it. And I, that's okay. fine. God God speaks to Kenneth Copeland, and he's gonna kind of get there. Like it's weird because his timeline doesn't even make sense, and he's setting it up over this twenty-three minute episode. And like he, I don't know that he can keep it straight. But here's the beginning of his timeline.
1: There was no question in my mind that this was not pilot era or something like that, because it was it was so deliberate. And um, um, Sherry and I were talking when she was doing my makeup. And she thought maybe the pilot had a heart attack or something. Well, the co-pilot could fly the airplane. So it had to be absolutely deliberate. And the first thing that came to my mind, this is war and we're going to win it. I mean, that's, that's just what hit me. This is war and we are going to win it. Praise and, God.
2: And he recorded this on the day that we were pulling out of Afghanistan, right? Uh, well, no, a few weeks later, because this was this was the 20th anniversary of. Oh 9/11. No, th- yeah, that's right. Okay, so, so I just, mean, we were out at the end of July. It's not that he should have known that. Uh, or is August. He's just plain wrong that we were gonna win it. We didn't oh yeah, it. we yeah. didn't win it. Well, and so yeah, but he, I'm glad you picked up on that uh, idea too, because when I first watched this, and then when I listened to it back to cut the audio, um, my thought. Was you're going, you're setting up to talk about why Biden was a failure. Like, this is how you transition from this is a 9 11 remembrance thing into whatever political spin you want to put on.
0: The News of the Week? Yeah, yeah, on
2: the News of the Week. And we're going to talk about why Biden is some, like, commie bastard that that fucked this up. That's not where he's going to go. Now, we're not wrong to think that he's setting up to switch this to politics, but it isn't the politics that I expected it to be.
1: And so we we went into spiritual war mode that day. And there were things happened then. And, and I, was, I was thinking, I am so glad that George Bush is president. Yes. And I could see then why that, that tug of war had been going on right at, in, that, in that election. And I, I was so glad that he was president. And uh, because Mr. Bush very very level-headed man, very calm man. You, it, you, you just don't, I mean, hey, not many people know this about George Bush. I mean, he's a fighter pilot. <laughs> now, and, and understanding a lot about it, he immediately went into his training.
2: So not, you know what, Brandon, historically, not a of, not a lot of people knew that Bush was a fighter pilot. Yeah. It's not like he played dress-up every other fucking week and, and was standing in front of an F-15 yeah, when no he shit. delivered addresses. Also, like, uh, that's the one thing everyone can tell you about Bush besides the fact that, A, he could not talk in public, and, right. B, that he was, like, got a DUI. One thing that I found most interesting is that apparently Air Force training includes sitting silently through the reading of children's books. Right. Because that's where your training comes into play, mm-hmm. right? Well, uh, he, he kept calm and he carried yeah, on. Well, he did keep calm. That, yeah, that's, that's, that's where that breeze comes that's from that's for fucking sure he definitely uh, kept calm in those moments he was like ha ha who we've been waiting for this yeah <laughs> also like so I know I know for a fact just because of, of out of this podcast that Kenneth Copeland is a big Trump supporter oh Huge yeah Trump supporter yeah yeah for sure Trump I mean as we're recording this just to kind of date it Trump has come out and, and was blasting people for being saying nice things about Colin Powell when he died right because he was the one who lied to get us into a war well which one is it Ken is Bush a really good president? Was he a really good fighter, or did he lie to get us into a war? Because you can't support Trump and then also think that Bush was uh, a great president, a fighter. Because that's the diametrically opposed to each other. Trump yeah. says that's not true. Yeah, that's, is he wrong? That is, or are you wrong? That's a very very uh, observant. Like that's a that's a very decent observation for sure. What's the problem I didn't is, think about that while and, I was and, uh, to it was listening. And especially his old ass fucking crowd is not going to think about that. They're not going to no. put two and two together because no one actually listens to Trump when he I talks. I can't believe that this show isn't held in just a funeral home like so that it they would make it quicker, a, so, right? <laughs> so that they have the caskets ready for the audience <laughs> and Ken. Like I We are the we are skewing the two of us or like even just you going and watching it. There is a Google analytic being like Wait, what's going on? There's a this thirty-three guy is, year old. He doesn't have a cane or gout. Why is he fucking watching the show? How did he get here? He didn't uh, need a catheter. What is it? It's not the commercials. You know what's funny too is that uh, speaking of a thirty-three year old who is gonna pick up more than at least one of Kenneth Copeland's audience members. Um, so I was looking through his feed right to to figure out which episode I wanted to pull and talk about. Um, and so a lot of his feed is just like church reading. Okay. Here's the thing, a lot of his feed has like all of the videos have their titles, whatever, and a lot of them are just they're not political like it's just you know whatever b- the the um whatever the message of like a homily or or whatever would be right right um but then if you scroll back like you keep scrolling and then you get to six months ago, he has videos under the same exact titles, and then if you keep scrolling back six months before that. He's got another set of videos where it's like the same title repeated three times and it made me like I don't know if you're familiar, I grew up going to Catholic school. I'm not very religious. Uh, I, I'm not religious anymore. Um, but I went to Catholic school, I went to church, uh, I went private school I went to until I was a sophomore in high school. and so as I'm scrolling back and I'm like, why is there two videos with the same title? I realized that like, oh, this is like when they do the readings at church and it's just on a cycle or whatever. He tells the story, he does the homily, and then six months later, when it's time to repeat the cycle, you get another video of the same name. And I wonder if anyone else on the feed... Because no one is our age on the feed right. has ever realized that, like, wait, I have seen him in a it's, different tie right. talking about the it's same kinda shit. It's kind of like – I don't so like, know if you're – like, back – not so much in the streaming days, but back in the day, the way they used to do TV shows is if someone bought the rights to syndicate friends, mm-hmm. they'd buy it, and then they'd start with episode one, and they'd move through the seasons. Yeah. So you'd see episode three, but if you paid – t- so that way, if you watched them back-to-back, if they played three in a row, they, they were in the order they ran. Right. And then when they got to the series finale, sometimes that would be in the middle. It'd be like a three episode block. So the next episode is the pilot. It's just, they just keep going in a circle. But the difference is that for a show like Seinfeld or Friends or or anything, like there's only one copy of that episode. You're not wearing, yeah, it's not like Jerry's wearing a different sweater. Yeah. Sneakers every time they do the the contest. I don't even know how I could, like, the fact that you have YouTube followers that follow after six months is crazy to me because like you're, you've are you gotten back to the same point and now I'm just hearing you like- Which is also- that, That's probably the real test of dementia. Like walking <laughs> through dementia is watching those in six months, in, six and month you, intervals and being like, if- this is getting <laughs> shittier. Yeah. <laughs> like- I love the fact that if any of your patients like I think they saw this, oh, you're fine. Your, your dementia is under <laughs> yeah, control. Yeah, you're, you're fine. He's, he'll he'll circle back to it. Don't worry. I also like that also annoys me because if it, I don't know that, I know you kind of just picked six months but like it was a short enough time period that you noticed titles repeating. Oh yeah, not that long. Within a no, year, no, no. yeah. Within the a year Bible for is sure. a long fucking book. Yeah, which means that he is picking out maybe like I mean six. I, if we started a podcast today that was going to dissect the Bible page by page. We'd be running for fucking 15 years. Yeah, I mean, fuck. Because there's so much to get into. It took us more than six months to get back to Tucker Carlson, and we were doing different shit. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like... (laughs) Like, what? It's not Uh, like... I always thought that I've never... you, You mentioned going to church a lot. I... My family's – like, my grandfather on my mother's side is very Catholic, Mm. but I never – like, and they all – my mom, uncles all went to Catholic school. Yeah. They had such a shitty time. They did not make us. We just went to public school. We never went to church. Yeah. So it's completely foreign to me. But I always assumed that the preacher would start at the beginning of the Bible and just read and then talk about it. I didn't realize that they just cut off – like, because the thing I criticize about religion is that, like, they conveniently don't talk about the parts that are – uncomfortable yeah and apparently they do that in church too oh yeah no 100 percent that's like, fucking like it, i mean the bible's important should all parts of the bible I, be important i went through 15 or 16 years of my life and then however far along that gets you in school probably did like sophomore year i stopped once i started working which was at like 15 i stopped going to church because i had an excuse to not go anymore because it was like <laughs> right. mom and dad i am always working on sunday <laughs> um but the uh Uh, But like in the 16 years that I was going to church twice a week once during the school week with the other students and then once with my parents on the weekend uh, never ever in a church setting that was revelation ever brought up no one ever fucking talked about it. Which is why I laugh now when people are all doomsday heavy and, like, super fanatical about about Revelation because they're like, you don't even fucking learn this shit at church. Like, you have to go to extracurricular activities to even hear this shit. I I get it about, like, Revelations because that that has led to so many cults and people drinking poison Kool-Aid and shit. I get why they would shy away from that because it hasn't come yet. So it's like, we don't know what that is. But there are things in the Bible where, like, it'll talk about... There is one mention in the Bible about men shouldn't sleep with men. It's a very vague reference that happens once. Yeah. About 40 times in the Bible they stop to tell you how many donkeys you owe your neighbor if you steal his wheat. Well, that's the other thing, too. And I always imagine, like, funny, like, I I want a preacher up there trying to read that and explain it to people. Like, well, this used to be a big deal because we were an agricultural society and blah, blah, blah. Like, even when they – even when preachers are reading the Bible – and even on, like, the the cycle that they—and that they and I'm sure that different—I'm sure not all churches are, like, Catholic churches where it, it, it's, like—I mean, I know the Bible's only so long. So if you're doing church—like, if you're a preacher for 20 years, you're obviously recycling the same stories. Yeah. But also keep in mind that they're only parts of stories. When, the, when they go to read something, they'll be like, okay, this is from—everybody turn to John 1, and this is verse 13— like through 16 or whatever, like it's like okay, but there's a hell of a lot of context right before and right after that, right? Like, right. Like, you're literally picking like three verses from a book of the Bible and being like, We're gonna talk about this this week. This is what it means. Wait a minute, I want I need to know what came before and after it, right? Like, you they might be me- completely full of shit. Your context might not be right, <laughs> right. Um, I love the idea that John Luther nailed those fucking uh, – the treaties to the door in Germany to be like, we should put the, the Bible in a common language and let the people read it for themselves. And, but even nowadays, they're like, you can't read this for yourselves. It's way too thick and yeah, dense. We'll, You'll never understand the references right. we and shekels and all that shit. We, like, we got you covered. Um, so God tells uh, Kenneth Copeland, it's time to go to war. Oh, yeah,
1: 9-11. Never forget. Yeah. So uh, – now, then that was September, October. And, the, and then the Lord began to talk to me. He said, I want you to launch a war on fear.
2: By scaring the shit out of everyone. I want
1: you to talk about it. I want you to, I want you to lay into it. He said, my people have no business with fear and I want you to strip it from the body of Christ and then from this nation. You strip it. You you launch a war on fear. And so then, uh, then that first week in November, uh, Washington, D.C. area. And that that night I was going over for the first meeting, and and I I really had another message I was planning to to preach that night, and uh, so on, on the on the way over, the Lord said, "No, you don't preach anything else. You you're in war. You 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 tear fear down, and you 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 go into." the spirit of fear and you go into the spirit of death because of the same ones. And it was a magnificent day. Yes. Amen. Amen. So how did the rest of your day go that day?
2: (laughs) transition right <laughs> oh my god Like oh my god but he's so like first of all he forgot what they were talking about completely. and just started rambling because L- he got all the way to november and he's like whoa whoa, whoa hang on <laughs> he's like okay so there was september and then october and then in november then, like, the lord yes. gave me the most random fucking baffling message you've ever heard <laughs> yeah he, the Lord uh. speaks like me. Uh, yeah, surprisingly like me. Disjointed and not yeah, very well, clearly. Yeah, the Lord is buffering too. <laughs> Ken. Uh, like what just happened? I mean, the Lord has been around for 2000 or well, uh, forever, you know, 7000 years. Yeah. So like obviously he's got dementia. Oh my gosh. That that was so fun to me. Uh uh, I don't and the, I just I love I, Ken looks over he's like oh yeah I got a guest hey what's up <laughs> hey so so, how was the rest of your day you've only said one thing so far and I've just been like fucking baffling Hog in the oh, mic just uh, ridiculous I can't imagine being married to this guy his wife might not must not speak a word uh, have you ever seen I do oh, no, I guess they both would speak a lot uh, over his, each other Like kind of like this podcast maybe we'll do a bonus episode on Gloria Copeland she has her own shows on the network too, as that, most prosperity we, preachers do we really need to also include uh, Jim Baker's wife oh Oh yeah. Uh, Tammy oh, Faye Baker the, when the time that she was so high on speed that she walked into a backdrop that was painted trying to walk into it. Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, it's great. Nice. Is was she was she one of the people um that was part of the prayer uh breakfast for Trump? Was Tammy Faye uh no Tammy uh, Faye's been dead for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Jim Baker's still alive and is somehow still he's in Missouri actually. Oh, I know. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm very familiar After we... his stint in prison for fraud and yeah. theft. We need to, uh, we will do a Baker episode eventually because uh, there's actually a few prosperity preachers that I want to do. We were going to do uh, Pat Robertson instead of Kenneth Copeland tonight. That was was originally my plan. And then when I started looking up uh, the Seven Hundred Club. I was like, I'm gonna need to dissect the shit out of this because they of, actually uh, talk if... to their guests well, a little and, more, and they from... run it. They run it like a news show now. It's like on a, TV too. Yeah. I mean that's why. Yeah, like, it, it, it's it, always uh, is Copeland on TV or is he on the internet? Copeland's on TV as well, but he's not on. I mean, he's basically on like public th- access, th- the same thing. kind of thing that you would find the Seven Hundred Club on. He's right. just not as. I don't think he's as uh, I don't know if syndicated is the right word. He doesn't have as big of a market. Um, you, all he really needs is fucking Texas, though. So, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so, so he's he's rambling. Um, it's so hard for me. Like here's the thing that pisses me off about Kenneth Copeland. I have all of my clips labeled so i know what's coming next but because he keeps doing this buffering bullshit it's hard for me to figure out how to set up the next clip (laughs) and make it sound natural it is so here we are back at bush
0: It was busy uh people began to show up at the church people i'd never seen before showed up at the church and they just wanted somewhere to sit and somewhere to pray (laughs) and i've never seen anything like it what stands out in my memory is i remember the president Standing on the pile of rubble, saying, "I can't hear you," but the people who did this—oh, yeah, of all of us—real soon. <laughs> yes. And he made a statement. Now looking back on this twenty years later, that said, "We're going to do this on our timeline, the way we want to do it. We don't need anybody's permission." And I, he just—it just. It just Look at the leadership.
2: Yeah, look at the leadership. Whoa. We just spent Whoa. an entire nine hours talking about it a couple of weeks ago. The leadership that like started with war and ended with not my fucking problem. We're gonna do this on our timeline and without anybody's permission yeah. is uncannily accurate to what happened with the fucking war that Bush was about to launch. Yep. No one. No one got any permission to do it, and it lasted fucking forever. Yeah. Yeah. We started calling. it the longest war in U.S. history, and we lost yeah like in everything we set out to do with the war on terror we do not prevent terror there's a couple of times throughout this where like i'm waiting for them to attack biden because i know what their politics is right and so like i know that on august 31st is when we left afghanistan i know that now we're talking like now we're in the week of september 11th he's doing this it's only a couple of it's only not even a couple of weeks from when we've F- will when we will leave yeah well, 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 when it, we have left yeah we have left. Um, in, in his in his timeline it, is not to happen yet well and people are I, still no it is because it's september it's after august 31st when we left afghanistan so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah like yeah, I mean, yeah so he has it's, no excuse for like no a- and in the news currently while he is recording this they're shitting all over biden because of the handling of it so that's where i'm expecting this to go And it just he just doesn't get there, like he just never gets to Biden. And I'm like, okay, so the politics you're bringing this in is pro Bush, which doesn't do shit for you at all, or or even your side. Like even the people you're trying to talk because Bush is gone; he's old news. Yeah, it doesn't, and he has no hold on the on the Republican Party anymore whatsoever. No, um, and to your earlier point, if you like Trump, which they do, and like. Then, if he, if he is always correcting what he says, he he has criticized Bush left right. and right. So it would almost make more sense for you to take this time now to attack Biden if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. Mix politics with your religious bullshit. Distract from the the, the, the obvious book Bush hypocrisy the, with a little Biden. They slamming. They never fucking get there, but they do. Uh, they another one mm. of the things, much like Never Forget, that people talk about, and um, I think it gets glamorized glorified uh and perverted um to some extent is the unity of 912 we talked about the unity of 912 when we were doing the 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 part 1 of the three part series and but i think that what you have to do is what we did in that episode is discuss like yes there was unity a, what was the unity for? Like what were what was the surrounding or what was the thing that brought us all together? For us, for America on 912, it was fucking killing someone else. Mm-hmm. Um and like so, but I think that they do this thing like that people tend to do this thing, everyone, not just people on TV, not just prosperity preachers or people in the media, do this thing where we like glamorize and prop, prop that unity up on a pedestal and then kind of misuse well, what the reality of the situation was. was. Exactly, especially considering the fact that, like, when we say we all came together, what we really should be saying is that anybody who didn't look like they were from the Middle East came together. And we harassed, and didn't they fucking, didn't they get lynched? Didn't people die in New York who got lynched by white mobs that were fucking just, like, not even from Iraq uh, or Afghanistan or or wherever? I don't know if that, I I know you said that last time, too, and I meant to look that up. I I mean, I I could be wrong. That could be, it's been 20 years. There was obviously, either way, there was obviously. I know people got attacked. Very anti Muslim, yeah. uh, or like if sentiment you, in, in if the you country. Follow, oh, I'm a big fan of stand-up comedians. I follow them. I love them. Uh, there are several stand-up comedians I follow are from the, the Americans from who were parents from the Middle East, and they could not work for yeah. seven, eight years after 9/11. No yeah. one would book them because of their name. Yeah, it, like it, so. Like when they say when we say we came together, we that's really putting an asterisk. What we did, if oh we got yeah, really xenophobic and really nationalist, which yeah. is not the same as coming together. No, it's not. But if you want Greg Stevens and uh, Ken Copeland to pervert that unity, I've got a clip for
0: you. What I remember more than anything is 9-12, what America was like on not 9-11, but 9-12. And that's yes. where we need to be yes. is 9-12, that unity that was in us. And this verse kept rising up in me, Isaiah 43 says it twice you are my witnesses people say we shouldn't talk about this anymore we should just let it go and, no. and move on with our life and isaiah 43 therefore you are my witnesses says the lord that i am god and we are witnesses to no. what happened
2: that's such a random we picked isaiah 43 we're going to read one sentence with no context whatsoever and then be like yeah we're his witnesses see like that, and I know that's related to nine. It's not like the Bible talks about witnesses and not a lot. I know Revelations. There are two witnesses in Revelations that witness the end of Revelations. Yeah, the Revelations. Like that, that's a word that gets used a lot in in refer, reference to people like witnessing miraculous things. It doesn't make any sense how he would try, even in his own context, like even within his own, like wherever his train of thought is going we need to come together like we did on 912 because we all had that unity even isaiah 43 says you are my witnesses yes. to what the fuck does that mean those to two th- things do not relate yeah. you just also, try to draw a, a I, line between two dots that don't fucking connect i don't know i think umbrage of the fact that he said that so many people are just telling us to forget nine eleven. it was a long time ago Who? CNN, all the liberal pinko lefty media was doing tributes and remembrances for the 20th anniversary. Yeah. no, one, You know the only people who are saying let it go is a long time ago are people who were born in 2001 who don't remember it. Right. And who are young fucking like I don't even uh, know an that, ironic, I you know. don't think that anybody is saying let it go. No like, one is saying I've that. I've never heard anybody be like, ne- hey, "That is that is 9-11. And I've heard people who have like – I have heard – I talked to way more people personally who believe 9-11 was an inside job. Or that yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Jet fuel can't melt fucking steel or yeah. whatever. I've never heard anybody say just let it go, man. No. It was a long time ago. Not not even like, the loose change crowd no, is no. Letting, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> like, it like go. I've never heard anybody say that about Pearl Harbor, let alone nine eleven. No. That that's one of the things that you don't do. Like you don't. I hey, mean, when the, <laughs> World War two, when Mexico let it burned go. the capital, they let it go. It was a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Um so many of these uh so many oh, he's reading a 2,000 year old book and would be like so many people want to let something go from 20 years ago man. <laughs> yeah, like, no shit god damn hopefully they'll come after this 2,000 year old book I'm holding so many of these clips have the word war in them in my titles Uh oh. one of them is this is war the other is spiritual war another one is war on fear now we've got a war on Texas and I'm excited about this war because it, it prompted me to pull a couple of articles um, which are the only ones that I had to pull for this entire episode because he doesn't say anything that I needed to fucking <laughs> verify. Um, but let's get to this war on Texas.
1: If you don't, let me tell you what will happen. How many native born Texans in here? Did you know that there is a move on right now to claim that the Texans were a, a bunch of warmongers? and that, that he, uh, they they just uh, they, they attack Santana with, with, with no reason at all. It's Santa Ana. There's a move of that on right now. Well, I, hey, you come down here and tell us Texans that. We still remember the element. Because in the state of Texas, you are required to have, every student in the state of Texas is required. It's a required subject is Texas history. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah, but that Jim Bowie was a bum and a crook and a, and a killer and blah, blah, blah.
0: They say the same thing over the Declaration of the Constitution. Well, those guys were slave owners and they were this and they were... What did the words say? Do you believe the words? Regardless of who said them, do you believe the words? Yeah.
2: That is a horrible <laughs> it's way to wave away slavery. Yeah. He just hand waved slavery, but like, but yeah, he w- does. what did they write? Forget about what they did. Forget about the actions. If, so if I write uh, uh, something on a piece of paper that says you're a great person, Brandon, but in action I steal all your stuff, Yeah, just forget the fact that I'm I'm stealing from Fuck you. Fuck it. What do the words say? Oh, it's so ridiculous. I love that he does it. it first of all, we still remember the Alamo. It was in 1836. Fucker. No, also, you don't. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what the you Alamo. pulled, but like, the, Alamo. the only people who remember the Alamo is Texas because for some reason it's a sign of like... Uh, like it, there were a bunch of stubborn white people who wanted to steal Mexico's land. Yeah, and died because of it. Yeah, like it was a like, it wasn't a good like we're gonna fight to the last man. No one else wanted to defend them. Right, like, they could not get anybody to back them up because like they weren't supposed to be there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've got two articles actually because uh, I and we're not gonna read. Uh, Is we don't have to get into the whole thing. You can you can look up this uh, the first article that we're going to. Uh, read from is called the texas history the battle to rewrite texas history from texas monthly um and so you can you can look that up and read the full context of the article i'm going to read the beginning of the article because when he said there was a war to like on texas to rewrite history and then started giving those examples of you know, oh, well, he said Santana um, was Santa uh, what, was yes. the was the victim and whatever. I was like, all right, I at least want to know where he's getting this from. Like, is he just making this up off the top of his head, or it, like, is there is? And first of all, as soon as I hear, heard him say it, I was like, to me, it struck out like the same way that they use cancel culture and whatever. It, it, to me, it was just like whatever he is, wherever he is pulling this out of his ass from it's bullshit but so i so i tried to figure it out and i don't know like i i 100 I, like i honestly don't know if these if one of these two articles is what he's talking about but i figured that we might as well talk about them um because they're related to what he is saying so from from this first article on the uh, on a mild cloudy day of April 14, 2015, exactly 150 years and 5 days after Confederate uh, General Robert E. Lee surrendered to the Union Army at a courthouse in Virginia, an unusual spectacle took place in a committee room inside the Texas Capitol, the grounds of which are adorned with towering monuments and peons to slave empire to the slave empire's army. A 13-year-old middle school student from Austin named Jacob Hale was defending a bill drafted by him and given to his state representative that would correct what he regarded as a grievous mistake. The state of Texas celebrates a holiday called Confederate Heroes Day on January 19th, Lee's birthday. That year, as sometimes happens, it fell on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Um, Yell, Young, Young Hale testified uh, testifying at a house committee meeting explained in his prepared, in his prepared remarks that he didn't want to erase the holiday. He wanted to change its name to civil war remembrance day and move the date so that future overlaps could be avoided. Many Texans were also killed quote, many, many Texans were also killed for allegedly having pro union sentiments End quote. Um, Hale said, noting that Confederate soldiers weren't the only people who should be remembered. Broadening the scope of the holiday would make it a more, a a quote, more accurate symbol of our state's diverse history. So there's one attack on Texas history, right? That, that was the first article. That's actually just a very elegant way to get around the fact, like, to remove Confederate statues. Like, no, we should just... We should celebrate them all. It's it's actually not a bad argument. Like it would be a hard the to, only it, argument that I can see working in Texas. Yeah, which it didn't because no, it, of course we, it didn't. Even that line about like. A lot of people who are against <laughs> slavery were persecuted here. I'm like, that line should work, but you're in Texas, and so no one's going to hear that line yeah, the way it's actually yeah, meant. Yeah, no. So I have another article, which I think actually is probably closer to what Kenneth Copeland is is talking about, because remember, we're talking about the 20-year anniversary of 9-11, or at least we're supposed to be. That's I mean, we're really talking about the decaying brain at. of an 80-year-old man. Yeah, um, but this story comes from July 6, 2021, This is a Salon article. Remember the Alamo? Actually, Texas Republicans would rather you didn't. Um, An event for a book that discusses the little-known impact of slavery in the 1836 Battle of the Alamo was canceled in Texas last Thursday amid pressure from Republican state lawmakers who felt that the book was a, quote, rewriting of history. The event was scheduled at the Bullock Texas State History Museum in Austin and was supposed to feature the authors of "Forget the Alamo: Rise and Fall of, Ameri- of an American Myth," um, published last month by Penguin, as the Texas Tribune reports. About 300 people were expected to attend, but the affair was next hours before it was its scheduled start amid the pressure amid pressure from Texas Governor Greg Abbott lieutenant governor dan patrick and texas house speaker uh dade dade Pelon felon felon is kind of how it looks um all Republicans who have expressed strong opposition to the use of critical race theory in the education system. Patrick, who has long been identified with right, with the right-wing fringe of the Texas Republican Party, took personal credit for the event's cancellation, tweeting on Friday, quote, as a member of the Preservation Board, I told staff to cancel this event as soon as I found out about it. Like, like efforts to move to Cenotaph, which I also stopped... This uh, this fact-free rewriting of Texas history has no place at Bob Bullock Museum, end quote. These are the two semi-controversies that I could see old, white, fucking crusty dudes getting mad about and then going on to be like, you know they're trying to rewrite Texas history? Like, they're not. This is just an overreaction. From, yeah, it's actually, all, all I'm hearing is that Politicians uh, don't like freedom of speech and your ability to publish a book that uh, presents a differenting alternate view, and yeah. that they will cancel your event and hound you. I can't imagine a Democrat doing that if someone was releasing a book called "The South Will Rise Again," being I mean, like, "You can't hold an event where you, re- you know, where you also, fucking release your book in our state." Like, they are- would not do that. And these are also really harmless ideas. The idea, yeah. the idea that something that was allowed back then would affect something like the Alamo. Yeah, yeah slavery is around. Right, and it was around in that area. Yeah, so of course it played a role. So, and having a book examine that and like that's yeah. not ne- the only reason you would cancel that is because the idea that if someone happened to read it. You could actually change minds, yeah, with by presenting evidence, right? And that's the danger. Yep. And then if you look even at the 2015 instance where uh, uh, over the Martin Luther King Day, like saying let's keep the holiday, let's change the name so other people are included, and let's just make sure it doesn't land on MLK Day again. It, look, that's not harmful. That is not a harmful idea. Let's keep the fucking holiday. Rednecks, you can keep calling it Confederate, whatever. Robert E. Lee want- Day, eat, whatever. Yeah, the fuck- whatever you want to call it. But, like, neither one of these are harmful attacks on, on Texans or, like, whatever. No. And to me, like, when I hear Kevin Copeland say it, my thought is that – my immediate thought was, like, he's probably talking about critical race theory because that's the that's the it term of the right right now um, to, to attack the education system. Because as long as you keep people stupid in this country and, and don't let people actually get educated – um, do something as dangerous as read a book I, I love the idea that like you're rewriting history Your history is a fucking lie To begin with <laughs> yeah yeah, and the yes, only reason that lies is perpetuated it. is because I don't know I mean you went to you went to public high school you went to Catholic, yeah right yeah, yeah for I don't most know you, of my... I don't know if you remember public high school history books that are often written by te- they're published in Texas every almost every school book from almost. K through the high school is, 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 is a Texas, Texas book. Yeah. so there is usually a section in there like fucking three pages on the Alamo and then like half a page on slavery's origin yeah like oh, yeah. they already fucking are, are whitewashing they history they don't even talk about like I was not taught anything from kindergarten through the end of high school nothing substantial about slavery other than this is the trade route yeah. like that was all- a trade route and then lincoln stopped it and that was it yeah yeah we fought Emancipation a war like, proclamation yeah. which actually didn't free anybody like you learn all that shit later on when you get like curious and then you yeah. start to realize that like oh yeah our public schools and our textbooks are a fucking joke mostly because they come from texas well, and they are written by white people. Like even yeah. I don't care what state they come from; they could come from fucking Delaware. Like well, no, but it, Texas is a pre uh, a really good example of a state that is very hard on things like abortion. They're very oh, free yeah. with with uh, capital punishment. Yeah, they have a very right wing bend. So the idea that all of our textbooks are coming from there, like that's the reason we have so much trouble with imp- misinformation. Because part most of the people reason, who don't go to public school get any idea of what real American history is about. Well, you take—and and then, I mean, even to further that point, you take a country that is uneducated by Texas school books, and then you introduce the time and the internet to them, and you're like, hey, right. you know yeah. this, this thing that—this crisis we're going through right now? Did you know all these secret things about it? Of, like, stupid people don't know how to navigate that shit to—it's to, yeah. uh, just a mess. It's actually a pretty good litmus, litmus test. If you never did the research after school to figure out that the Alamo has a much deeper, more interesting story and that it wasn't just a bunch of people making a last brave, brave stand for democracy, like, they were being set upon by a country that was a democratic country. They right. had a president, like, yeah. that they just stole land from. Like, you don't have to dig that much deeper to realize that, like, those, no one is, like, all I'm a saying, hero man, in that story. Those damn socialist liberals want to fucking – Make Santana into the goddamn victim. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that's because of the band Santana? Like no, ra- like, I, I don't know. I thought wrestlers. Like I, oh, I immediately okay. went to the. Wrestler. No, I was thinking like no, Santana, just, the guitarist. I just like. think that he's an old fucking crazy guy who's going crazier by the minute. And that was one of those well, buffering a, moments where I'm he just sh- fucked it this up. Is, okay, so Santana had that really big hit with Rob. Uh, Rob Thomas. Rob Thomas. They just did reunited for another song about a month and a half ago, or whatever, whenever about this time the episode was. Do you think Three Doors Down is about the Alamo? <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, I, he was well, Matchbox Twenty. Matchbox Twenty. Got I, I would say, it. you know what's three doors down from the Alamo <laughs> right now? A Taco Bell. Yeah, no shit. Like, um, it's in the middle of the most commercialized area of fucking Texas. So if you were not satisfied by his, it doesn't matter if they owned slaves, what did they write on paper, uh, a dismissal of uh, of the reality of history, you're going to be less impressed with what he says next. That's, that's, yeah. Listen,
0: large section of the New Testament was written by a guy that was a murderer, Yes, Paul. Yes. Two thirds of it, yes, and and same thing with the Torah. That's a that's a murderer, Moses, David. Mm-hmm. But do you believe the words? Yes. That's it, and that's what we got to be around our constitution and our nation. Forget about if they own slaves or not. Do Praise you believe God. what they said, what they were striving for? Then you rally. Now,
1: on. and
2: <laughs> it's hard to make the argument that they were striving for equality for anyone other than white men when right. women weren't allowed to vote like they more or less weren't allowed to work anyone of color was just property yeah like at a time when marital rape was not considered to be a thing now the only reason and this is a good example actually for conservatives of when liberals talk about like Hey, you guys talk about the right—like, when we're challenging conservatives on the Second Amendment, talk about the right to bear arms or whatever. But if you can sit there and and be like, well, we know that they wrote that all men are equal, and now, in 2021, we understand that that means all people of all colors— like, but they fucking didn't. That's not what they intended. So when you yeah. talk about the right to bear arms, like, let's talk about what they intended. Because they weren't talking about fucking machine guns, dude. Yeah. Like, it kind of works the same fucking way. Also, just the audacity. I I was aghast for him to be like, the writer, the person who wrote the Bible's a murderer. Like, what are you? Yeah. Dude, don't say that. Your entire scam is based <laughs> on that book being holy. Yeah. Don't like. Well, it what's is nice? Not, like, well, he was a rapist too. Like, don't fucking I mean, what fuck. It, the it's the fuck? not. It's not a, a secret. Like, we're most of. I. Kind of, my high school. My, my first high school's team name was the Crusaders. Like, we're familiar that, with the fact that the Crusades happened. We're not really taught a lot about them in private school because Mm -hmm. that would make us look kind of shitty. But like, but we all know that the Crusades happened. So it's, it shouldn't be surprising that the, the fucking Bible was written by murderers. Yeah, no shit. But then that should also make you kind of question also- how great are they when they're talking about, like, forgive and forget and, like, we're fucking killing people over like, here. Brandon, you're familiar with me. I'm more or less a lifelong atheist. Like, for me to believe in God would be, like, the ultimate face turn, like, yeah, turn for me, right? I have never, even in my, like, even in my teenage years of being a, a, a like, in-your-face atheist, a, a, like, an insufferable atheist, I never would have thought to say the Bible was written by murderers. <laughs> yeah. I say slave owners, but I've never thought that, like, they took lives. Yeah. I Like, he, that he should be the last, li- and no preacher should say those words. That no. is giving so much ammunition, like. Yeah, it's anytime a... he says anything, like, yeah, but that was written by murderers. Yeah. Like, he, uh, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. If you think that that you, is, I love the idea of of Luke or whoever sitting right down to be like, "Thou shalt not murder," and then stabbing somebody. Well, that one didn't count. Yeah, like Michael was uh, Michael was the archang- archangel and of like fucking slaying people. Like that's <laughs> what he did. Like he slayed God's enemies. They, they like the bible glorifies murder we just choose to read isaiah 43 <laughs> to be like witnesses fuck it's i'm like, going to highlight that one sentence and then only read that from that page yeah it's ridiculous this dementia gets worse it it's 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 really tough this might be one of the saddest clips of the show we could
1: take a break one of the things the, the big thing that impressed me more uh, than anything about nine eleven immediately the testimonies started coming out of there. the testimonies amazing the first thing that we thought of first thing Dan and Ann Stratton pastored right there, something like 85 to 90% of his congregation worked in the World Trade Center. Their jobs were in there. Not one member of their church, not one of them, not one of them. Greg, he spent days and days and days and days and weeks and weeks, teaching his congregation how to hear the voice of God." <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, he, he wasn't there. Um, of course, he, he'd been there on Sunday, but he saw it from his home. Mm. And man, he grabbed a cab, headed in there, not away from it. Amen.
0: What, what is the, he talking wait, about? No, I have no what?
2: idea. First of all, here's what's insane about that. He did such a shitty job of expressing the point that I have to tell you as the as as you, Frank, sitting across from me and the audience that like what I believe he was trying to say is that 90% of dudes um congregation worked inside the World Trade Center and I guess because they were followers of him or God and or God they all survived. But he didn't even fucking say that. Is that what he was getting at? I, he survived? I, I, that's, I thought he was getting at the point that the preacher didn't run away from the, he, he went toward to, to check on his flock. Like he, he was, you know. Yeah, I think that, like that. Because God can't be counted on to protect people. I, He's got to do I, it, I it guess, himself. Yeah, I, I don't think he knew he was. I playing, don't know what the fuck Ken Copeland yeah. And the, the uh, what is the guy's, um, the guest's name? Um, Greg uh, Stevens. Greg Stevens. Professor. I, I highly doubt that. But okay, <laughs> yeah. um, but he, like I love that he just kept saying like "Praise God, Amen." Because like he, there's nothing else to say. That, you can't that, be like, "What the fuck are you talking he, about?" Here's Ken? why. Here's why I keep saying that this reminds me of like just dementia happening in real time for the rest of this episode. Listen to Greg Stevens because it's very much just a bunch of amens and almost to the point where they're uncomfortable. Like, he knows that Ken Copeland is buffering, he knows he's going off the rails and he's just trying to get to points that don't make any fucking sense. And he, like, there's nothing else to say, like, at all because it's just, it's weird. The rest, especially from here on out in the episode, it just gets fucking weird. Um, so let's. Like Ken tell us more about that uh taxi ride
1: and he had he just i mean he just he just plowed right into the middle of the whole thing, and uh, they he he wanted to pray and and somehow they kept backing off from him the firefighters and so forth, and policemen are kind of backing off from him, and so he he really didn't know uh what to do and oh. So, <laughs> The Lord said to him, put on a collar. Mm-hmm. So he did. Mm-hmm. And that cab driver did not want, well, he was already down in there, but in the, in the beginning, that cab driver did not want to take him down there. He said, come on, you, and you do it on the double, but you don't want to go in. Yes, I need to be there. Mm-hmm. And so he put the collar on And they'd say, he'd say, let me pray. They'd say, oh yes, Father Dan, you you pray. (laughs) He just started praying for them all over that whole area. Not one member of his congregation was harmed. Praise God. One.
2: Amen. I just, like this, I... Can he's got me fucking stumbling over shit now because I'm trying to figure out how like how do you even respond to that? I'm in Greg Stevens fucking position. We're like, what amen, do you, uh, amen. Yeah, yeah, cool. That Alrighty. also the first time. Just for a uh, little background information, the first time that I uh, watched and and heard that claim, I missed the part where he said God told him to put a collar on. So I assume, like in my head. The priest told the taxi driver to put the collar on, and so I'm thinking of a dog collar, not a priest's collar. And I'm just like, why? Yeah, I would be fucking not wanting to put the gr- collar on. Put the lotion I'm in not, the basket. Yeah, I'm not driving you downtown either, weirdo. It's like, oh, it's uh, so, so ridiculous. All right, so uh, the last... Ex- uh, can I think a guess of what really happened? Yeah, sure. Guy showed speculative, up by Speculative Speculative But preacher showed up In normal clothing And kept being like i want to pray Can I lead us all in a prayer Can I do a little prayer And the people who were dealing with Trying to sur- find survivors In two towers that fell Were like Get the fuck out of here Yeah We're doing stuff We're fire for Get up And then he came back With a collar on And be like What about now And they're like Fine. Yeah, go pray. Go pray for us. We're doing real work. Go fucking say your magical word, whatever. They're like, dude, get out of here. We yeah, already that got is what happened That is a hundred driver that you're trying to collar people up over I was, here. I'm trying to Google, like, did an entire congregation survive on 9-11? I can't find any. I found a chapel that stood that was near 9, the yeah. Twin Towers that didn't fall. That is the closest I can find to this this story having any accuracy. I had trouble to – Did he ever uh, say the guy's name? Yeah, he says uh, Dan and Ann Stratton. So let me read you from faithexchange.org, which is Dan Stratton's own website. Website? Um, Just a a little – it's like a paragraph and a half, Um, although in the way that they wrote it, it's just a long paragraph because – you when you're when your uh, textbooks uh, come from Texas you don't learn grammar when you're a fucking prosperity preacher you're not paid to actually make things look w- like literary make literary sense um but okay so about pastor Dan faith exchange began on the New York commodity exchanges uh since the late 1980s the gospel has been preached in some fairly uns- unfriendly circles prior has gone up where love where l- the love of money is rampant and disciples have been made through it all the church has been forced to hold services in over 30 locations since those early days suffering the loss of their uh, facilities at 90 west street due to the terrorist strike of two of 9 11 2001 Through it all, Pastor Dan and Ann Stratton have stayed true to their calling to minister uh, to the people of the financial capital of the world by holding services both small and great, um, which then has another link to provide uh, support. Quote, a lot of my Yale friends regard me as a bigot, close-minded, a sophomoric, a redneck, he says. But when it comes to sin, my motto is fight the demand, not the supply. The Bible says homosexuality is an abomination. Yeah, there we go. But I don't sermonize uh, about it or about that or come down too hard on it. The artists in my church wouldn't be there if I did. I let the Bible speak for itself on the subject of what it is and are of what is and isn't a sin. End quote. That's really all I give a shit about. Dan I Stratton, really. That's a, this is much of a of a, a an idea of Dan Stratton. Now, Dan I Stratton. I Let the Bible Speak for Itself is the antithesis of what a preacher is. That's why you need a preacher to yeah, tell you what no the fuck shit. it means. Also, the dude is a preacher for Wall Street. Yeah. Like, that's what and did he, he is. It, it, mistake, correct that is me if the, I'm wrong. Is there not a sentence in there about, like, where money – where we find money, we also find a need for – what yeah. is the sentence exactly? Uh, the sentence is where the love um, – where the love of money is since the late 1980s gospel has been preached in some fairly unfriendly circles. Prayer has gone up, quote, where the love of money is rampant and disciples have been made through it all. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're you're saying prayers over a stock exchange. the the other the other sentence that's my favorite sentence. Through it all, Pastor Dan and Ann Stratton have stayed true to their calling to minister the people of the financial, of the financial capital of the world um, by holding services small and great. He, the dude is is he's called. If you go look him up, if you Google Dan Dan Stratton, Pastor Dan Stratton, he is called the Wall Street. Pastor, like that's the greatest grift ever. Like, not only to steal money from your followers, but make sure that your followers are Wall Street investors. I'm gonna gonna read steal a shit ton more money, and they don't give a fuck about it because they've got it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm gonna read a sentence from the Bible with no context before or after, but said, "Uh, the the was uh, what is it about? Uh, it's easier for a uh rich. It's easier." For a camel to pass through the needle of an eye than a rich man to get into heaven yeah, We'll like just that. let the bible speak for itself on that Right What um, Yeah I don't uh, I don't know uh, Dan Stratton. Blessing be the poor indeed. The the audience wasn't in on this, but Dan Stratton is actually the guy whose video I showed you shortly before we started this. And one day, I am convinced, just based on that video alone, because of how ridiculous his services are, that we will at least do a bonus episode where we just go through one of his services. They're really gonna, long. The videos are like well, two. They're it, as long as our normal episode. It does not surprise half me. The, hours. the video you showed me was live streamed eight months ago, and it had two hundred and four views yeah yeah. That is, And this guy is on a stage with a, like, not a professional camera. Like, they're not cutting away. But, like, it's someone so is filming this guy for 200 views. It's so funny, though, because I didn't show you all of the other. Re- like, I skipped through. I haven't watched that whole service, um, but I've skimmed through it Neither enough. did the cameraman. <laughs> yeah, enough to know that, like, everybody on stage. You remember the 1989 Batman movie with Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the in that movie, the Joker poisons the makeup. In uh, uh, yeah, or, no, or cosmetics. Yeah, in, so all the, in the so yeah. all the news anchors have to like go on TV without makeup, and they and Tim Burton gives them like crazy frizzy hair and, and just, und- they underlight them and stuff. Everybody yeah, that reads during Dan Stratton's uh, church service looks like those people in Gotham City if they were still allowed to wear makeup. <laughs> like it, 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 it's insane. Like they all look like Tim Burton, and I'm pretty sure. Like, he sings, and he does, like, he is- an, I don't as, know about sing. He does something. He is as crazy as Ken Copeland, and I think that the only thing that separates them is that Kenneth Copeland is a cocaine guy, and Dan Stratton is probably an acid dropper. Like, it's really <laughs> fucking weird. He's got, like, weird jazz music going on, and, like, it's just, it's goofy. If you ever get the chance and the time to waste, it's a waste of time, um, but if you ever have some time to waste, or if we have any pot smokers in the audience that want to... to. Fill a boring night with something fun to make fun of. Dan Stratton services are definitely hey, Stoner up there. is like, is sinking Dark Side of the Moon to the Wizard of Oz not enough for you? Uh, yeah. I they, got the video for you. Yeah, this this shit is ridiculous. It is precinct. It's so perfect that Ken Copeland would would come like would would lean on this guy for his story. I love that. Yeah, well if you're story. gonna name drop someone, you're gonna go for the, the fucking majors, right? Yeah, <laughs> it, it's it's Ooh. unbelievably ridiculous. Something else that's ridiculous is this next clip. Um this one actually, if I was to get mad at anything in in this episode it would be these next couple of clips and we've already talked about the the uh, tendency to pervert the ni- the unity of 912 that happens quite a bit this i think even goes takes the extra step to just completely exploiting a tragedy to turn it into your own whatever your grift is. So, like, if you're anti-immigration, you would use it for that. If you are um, xenophobic or just, like, a white nationalist, you would use it for that, right? Ken Copeland is a prosperity preacher whose grift is God, so he is going to exploit the tragedy of September 11th um, and tie it into religion. And I I just think this is another really good example of how um, these types of people pervert things that should like if they were really being um, honest about even what the point of this episode is, you wouldn't be able to work this into your story. It, 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 to, to me this is this is the most um, distasteful part of this entire episode.
1: One member of his congregation every morning, would take his little girl to school. And then, and that morning, that morning she said, Daddy, we don't ever get to do anything together much. Could we stop and get an ice cream or just something before we, before I go? And so he just missed it. <laughs> yeah, Another one of his congregation. And he said, man, Dan said later, he said, you can set your watch for this guy. He was late to work. Another one was on the sidewalk and all he heard was run. He didn't stop to look around. He just headed into the subway just as hard as he could go. Mm-hmm. Greg. To the voice. Yeah, he's, they were all listening to the voice of the Lord. Another one was right in the middle of it. Hmm. He walked out of all that ash, all of that. He had on a white shirt like I have on right now. There was no, his white shirt was completely clean. He had no ash in his hair and walked right out the front and just walked out of there. Did not touch him. Yeah, yeah. Didn't touch him. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Lord. Glory to
0: God. Amen. Amen. Didn't touch him. That's 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 what we that's what we receive when we believe the word.
2: That's fucking perverted. the yeah. The idea yeah. that you're untouchable if you believe what I tell you to believe. Right. I mean, and if you, you listen to the voice in your head, like yeah. Also, I don't know. Does this square with his last comment? That like. That uh, Dan Stratton's entire congregation wasn't hurt during 9-11. That it was some kind of... Because they were all part of a church, they survived. Despite the fact that they worked in... But, like, now he's saying that, like, some people were told not to go there. What's the point? If they went there, they'd be safe because his entire congregation supposedly got out unharmed. Yeah, I don't think he thought that far ahead. No, because it doesn't make any fucking sense. Also, I don't necessarily, like... I'm not trying to... I have trouble believing the ice cream story. I don't, I don't know if he's misremembering I don't, it. I was going to ask you, because uh, I don't have children, but like, do they talk like that? Daddy, we never get to do anything fun. Can't I, we get an ice cream before we go? I, As a parent, I can tell you at 9 o'clock in the morning, I'm not taking my kid to get fucking ice cream. yeah, No matter what. Especially before school. Like... Because I'm not a dick to the teachers, like I'm not giving my kids also fucking ice kid. cream that Like early. who who fucking does that to their kid? That is setting them up. Who for Who sells bad ice cream at eight o'clock I, in the morning? Yeah. <laughs> like I, even if you went to Walmart, the, even the, the, the like self checkout would be like no no, no come man. on dude you we can't can make... serve alcohol at two we can't serve ice cream at nine come on <laughs> you you gotta make better decisions than that. Um yeah it's I don't know I that one bugs me a little bit just because I like it's obvious exploitation of the tragedy to say that yeah. if you're a follower I'm not, I'm not even <laughs> saying necessarily that Ken, Kenneth Copeland made it up maybe fucking Stratton told him this and May, like, yeah, maybe, maybe they maybe, make each other I don't fucking yeah, care who sure. lied about what Whatever. but like and it's even it, I feel shitty saying that I'm ca- casting doubt on someone's like 9-11 story but, but like, I'm also hearing it third hand uh, yeah the guy who it happened to told his preacher who then told another preacher who's now telling a congregation like i'm going 20 years evidence. later right yeah a like, guy who is obviously in the middle of a fucking dementia episode yeah who's trying to figure out what he's talking about because it, it's i don't know um yeah but apparently frank you can't kill followers
1: now that thing could have killed i've heard different estimates um, it was engineered to kill thirty thousand people, mm. Mm. and just miracles. All one was when they gave the all clear, and this one woman, and she was a praying woman, and she said, "Now y'all, wait a minute. I'm not going back in there." Well, they said it was all clear. Well. I don't remember her exact words, but something like, "Um, I I don't hear the Lord saying it's all clear. I'm not going back in there. Well, we'll just stay with you. (laughs) Amen. 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 3,000 instead of 30,000. Yes, sir. It was a day, Pearl Harbor. (laughs)
2: I thought you'd like that. Uh, like, what the fuck? How did we just do that? What happened? I was, I was like, oh my god. Oh man. I think he like at that point he forgets he's even married. He's like, I'm five again. I'm looking for my mommy. I like to imagine that that sound effect went off in his head, yeah. <laughs> Like, or it, at least in some of way his in, audience. Greg Stevens definitely had that. He's young <laughs> enough, professor. Yeah. What? The, yeah, and that's why Greg Stevens has been reduced to just periodic oh, amens. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, curious I because you, you saw my face when when Kenneth Copeland said that 9/11 was engineered to kill 30,000 yeah. people. that's a very deliberate word, and my mind immediately went to loose change, loose change, inside yeah. job. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, like, the more he talked, I'm like, all right, I think he's misspeaking. I think what he meant is that like he had heard somewhere that Bin Laden thought it would kill 30,000 people. Yeah, and it only kill 3,000. Praise the Lord. My question is, if the Lord can save 27,000 people, why didn't he save the other 3,000? Why did he let the plane hit the tower? Right. Let alone both. If he is, can work miracles, like, it doesn't make sense to me that he chose, like, I'm not even, like, if you believe in God, whatever. Well, But because- to use this excuse that, like, the people who lived, that was God's will. Like, fuck you. It was random chaos. per I mean, really, I, it, it comes back to the Freudian slip, right? As, as long as some people die, then God can can act out his terroristic fam- fantasies. Yeah, God against is the, against the... That, maybe the, that needs to be the ep- name of the episode. You know? God is the terrorist. Yeah. That'll get some clicks. That'll get some <laughs> clicks for sure. Um. So, yeah, Ken Copeland can't figure out if it's 9-11 or fucking Pearl Harbor. He doesn't know if it's his birthday still or not. He has no also, idea where we're at. he seems... This is just, like... This is why you don't want your textbooks written by Texans. By him? Because <laughs> yeah. in Texas textbooks, there's a thing... Like, when they mention terrorism, they talk about fucking Pearl Harbor and then they jump forward to 911 yeah. like they didn't try to bomb the twin towers in 93 like Waco like, didn't happen Waco in the state fucking uh, <laughs> yeah. d- d- Ruby Ridge. There have been so many domestic terrorism and Oklahoma even City by me. even foreign terrorists. You have yeah. more examples that you can point to, unless you don't know shit about American history. Yeah, then you know two. Well, and like you know, for as for the purpose of Copeland's show, he's just talking to geriatrics like himself. Like so, you know, they're the two big events in their lives are. and Pearl Harbor like those are the biggest things those are those are the biggest attacks on American soil even if you include domestic terrorism in there like those are the biggest um, attacks on at least by a foreign enemy but something where like the country was under attack from that and and it led to a war whatever and a lot of people including Kenneth Copeland can remember those things happening and then the wars that preceded them so those are the two biggest like defining moments as far as that topic goes um but with even with that in mind like you're choosing to ignore an awful lot of shit and when you're listening to Copeland, Copeland is just jumping all over the place. Like yeah. this whole episode is supposed to be about nine eleven, and so far it has been. But I would argue that the conversation has been more about nine eleven because you and I have kept it on that topic because we know that that's what this episode is it's, supposed to be yeah. about. And even then, we got massively off topic, right? Um, I don't think he's doing a good job of keeping it on topic. You know, no. we we've, we've dragged his twenty three minutes out for you know an hour and a half or whatever. That's why this episode is about 9-11 in some respects. That's not what's happening in these 23 minutes that he is doing whatever this version of his show is. Yeah. Um, I, I'm assuming... I've seen a little bit of his show off and on, what I can tolerate, besides what we've done on here, um, because he's just a crazy fucking oh, guy. Oh, he's fucking weird. But this show is no different than any other, where he doesn't really have a topic or an overall theme. No, and he's freestyling 100%. Yeah, and he's just, I've been to, like... I have at least heard good preachers. I know what they're supposed to sound like. Mm-hmm. I have heard moving sermons that even I, as an atheist, was like, damn, that was inspiring. Yeah. You know, like, that was a TED Talk kind of, you know. Yeah. This is not it. Like, this, no. I, there, I think there's a reason why his crowd has to skew older is because it's not riveting to young people. It's no, disjointed. It has no, like... It's just like, what are you talking about? There's like, it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I, really, his—I mean, his audience is the—it's the AARP crowd, and it makes sense why you would be able to then be like, "Did you know that there's an attack on Texas, and they want us to forget the Alamo or some bullshit like that?" Because like, none of that shit really matters. Like, any young person is going to see that and be like, "That's first of all, I'm." Like, my life is more involved with those things. Like, as a 33-year-old, I have children. I can recognize that the school isn't teaching the shit that you say that it's teaching. Right. If you're telling that to a 70-year-old. 70-year-old is not going to deal with any school system. Yeah, you remember uh, school. Right. They, they don't. Yeah. Um, Unless so, you're Kenne Copeland, uh, you remember being five. Right. So, well, <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. He's taking us back to Japan. I have no idea what's going on.
1: The Japanese had decided that we must get the american carriers aircraft carriers we get those carriers then they then then they will sue for peace now yamamoto had spent time in the united states and he knew american people and but the leadership of the Japanese Empire, looked at American people as uh, you know, just party people, drunkards, and you know, uh, of little will and resolve about anything, because they were judging us by the Roaring Twenties and then the Thirties of the Depression, and they thought the United States was so depleted that, and and we were. Our, our military was training with wooden rifles. Right.
2: Right. 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 Amen. Okay, this is just like... <laughs> it has nothing... It doesn't even... The second half of his his idea there doesn't match... Like, it doesn't mesh with the first no. half. He's also throwing They thought some... we were drunk partiers because of the Roaring Twenties, but then we had a depression and we were depleted, and that's what they thought. Those aren't the same thing. Like, Also, I just get the feeling that, like, all right, also- Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland's grandson got him a fucking History Channel subscription, and he's been watching the streaming site because his nephew set it up or whatever, whoever the fuck, and, like, because he's throwing out way too many deals. Like, you just watched a fucking documentary. Yeah. You watched Tora, Tora, Tora. You watched Midway, some right. old fucking black-and-white movie, and you're trying to tie together this shit that doesn't make any sense and doesn't, like... Why? What does this have to do with my God, dude? You, you know what's awesome about, I, I say this consistently because you're so good at intuition. Um, yeah, maybe he did just watch one of those movies, Frank.
1: And, but Yamamoto kept trying to talk him out of it. He kept trying to talk him out of it. He said, you don't know what, you, you know, you don't, you don't know who these people are. And I do. They, they went, they, in Pearl Harbor, they went after our three aircraft carriers. That's what the target was. Yeah. Also, the other target was all of the oil stored there and aviation fuel that was stored there. And their plan was take out the carriers and then land troops And don't anybody bomb or fire against those oil tanks and fuel tanks because Japan has no natural resources. They live on islands, volcanic islands. The carriers were gone. They were not there. They were not there. Then the first battle was midway. Oh <laughs> when the carriers weren't there, now the Japanese were wondering where are the carriers? Mm-hmm. So if you could imagine this being a search area, and the Japanese fleet is here, and they had they had assigned um search aircraft in quadrants to look for those carriers now the way they reported them is with telegraph key radio silence telegraph key the one that spotted the carriers his his key didn't work <laughs> And they lost the battle of Midway and Japan from that time on was on the defensive instead of the offense. Yes. Yes. The influence of the almighty God. What
2: the fuck? I've heard this before. This is what happens when I get drunk and watch Midway and then try to explain it to someone. <laughs> yeah. You know, the Japanese and Yamamoto and all this shit. The problem is, I'm not on a stage in front of a bunch of women I'm trying to like yeah. rob of money. Yeah, no shit. You know, the, the only thing that would have made that clip better is if he had called Yamamoto Yamaha. <laughs> 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 so, like, that is the only thing that could have made And that's that what I should have. I think that's why I got midway because when you said Yamamoto, I'm like, he just watched that movie. Yeah. I've seen that movie within the last three he, months. I think he just watched Pearl Harbor and. Uh, midway because it, again he's old as fuck. I think that's why it's Torah, Torah, Torah Tora in Midway. because that back to back. I've done that. It's good. If they're good movies. He was like, you know what? Nine Eleven's coming up. I'm gonna have to do a remembrance episode. So I should watch a bunch of shit about World War Two. <laughs> like, what is happening? But like to get to Pearl Harbor to Midway. Like, you're ignoring years of a war. Yeah. That is before the war began Ah. and then fucking, like, near, not near the end, but like halfway through when Midway happened. Like, it was the beginning of the end. He's not wrong. It doesn't matter what happened. It just matters how Texas writes it down. Yeah. Turn into Kenneth Copeland's show. You will get an old dementia guy half remembering (laughs) a war that he was five when it happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He knows it fucked up his birthday (laughs) party that (laughs) happened before it something i don't know i also love that idea that like oh the the fighter jet or the fighter couldn't get his key or like whatever it's that it reminded me of that uh chris rock line in whatever head of state that goofy comedy that came out in the early 2000s but like god bless america no one else <laughs> like god loves america yeah you can't bomb us except for the initial time. I just love, like, way too much of that was specific. Like, J- Japan has no natural resources. And, like, yeah, that's from the movie, too. Like, yeah. all this is from the movie, dude. Yeah. You're just stealing. Li- you just watched this movie, and now you're just you're sundowning. Yeah. It's getting to be nighttime. You're starting to forget where you are because dementia is better in the morning. And, like, seriously, they should. he should, uh, Greg Stevens should have just walked Stopped away. Him. Or, like, or, yeah. Well, like, he should have like, walked away, t- like, 10 minutes ago, right? Because, like, he hasn't said anything. Or just get him <laughs> like, back on topic and be like, and how this relates to 9 11 is. Is yeah, like wind him up. <laughs> this next clip is called Pivot, Pivot, Pivot.
1: And this part also bothers me. On 9 11, 9 12, 9 13,
2: that's how calendars work, Ken.
1: People in Saudi Arabia and Afghanistan and all. They were in the streets throwing candy in the air of their great victory.
2: Well, it was their Halloween. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Palestinians did the same thing. They did the same thing.
2: Fuck the Palestinians, man. <laughs> Let's Mr. work Bush that in. And
1: said, we don't quit. We'll get him. When they heard that they didn't get the carriers... Yamamoto said, We have attacked a sleeping giant.
2: The fucking midway? Yeah. Pivot.
1: And filled her with a great resolve. Mm. When they attacked 9 11, mm-hmm. they attacked this giant again.
2: No, not again. These are different people. <laughs> what the fuck They are resolve. different days.
1: They had no idea we'd stay with this thing 20 years if it took it. You gotta give up sometime. You just don't know American people. We fight one another all the time. But don't don't come attack us unless you really want a knot on your head. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> We Remember, because we are his
0: witnesses. We are his witnesses. And we must tell our children, children's children.
2: He's just, he's really holding on to that Isaiah oh my 43. God. Yeah. Like, he's like, Apparently man, the only the... fucking thing I've said in this entire episode is that one fucking verse from Besides the Bible. that, I've been the guy's hype man, just being like, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 all right. <laughs> oh, fucking ridiculous. Stupid. Uh, how quickly he went from 9-11 back to Pearl Harbor there. Like, he didn't even set it up with verbally, which no. he's been doing. Like, he forgot that, like, yeah. suddenly we're 70 years in the past. Yeah, and then back to 9-11, yeah. a- and with, like, they attacked us again. No, they didn't. You, not every— Also, I just want to point out that, that Yamamoto quote about we have awakened a sleeping giant, that is true. He did. He's reported to have said that. Yeah. He didn't say it because Pearl Harbor was a failure. He didn't want to go to Pearl Harbor in the first place. He thought that was a mistake. That's what he was talking about. The idea of attacking Pearl Harbor, we awoke a sleeping giant. Yeah. It wasn't that, like, oh, if it would have gone well, we would, like, he wasn't, no, no. like. Uh, that's, just, uh, that's not how Kenneth Copeland remembers his fifth birthday party. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. Um, I remember the first desert storm. It fucked up my Christmas. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. That's what I remember. Um, I don't know. We've got a couple of clips left, and it, it's not going to get any less weird from here it's just what's funny too is i remember how uh we ended the first kenneth copeland episode where it was just like an awkward end and we're building towards another one of those
1: jesus said thou shalt love the lord thy god with all thy heart all thy soul all thy mind this is the first and great commandment and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. On those two commandments. Yeah. So we began to pray and realizing this and knowing this, I cannot afford to hate those people. Fight them, oh yeah, fight them. Fight them right down to the last bullet. Don't ever quit and don't ever get up. Give up, but you don't hate them. Because this is where all the law and the prophets hang. Can
2: can can you kill someone you love? Is that a thing? They're like, I don't know. I mean, I know that Abraham- I'm guessing, I'm guessing <laughs> a, a husband and a wife have done it once in a while, but like the idea of be- shooting people and being like, I love you, I love you, Abra- like, that's fucking demented. Abraham was going to kill his son. I know that from the Bible, but he was also stopped. So I don't know if that answers the question. But he was going to- do- I, w- I want to be that son. you know just, that your father was going to do that? Can I just point out with that last clip that now we have heard two verses from the Bible in this entire episode. Isaiah forty three and the prayer that he didn't name right there. Yeah, that he just read, like or memorized. I I don't think his Bible was actually open um, for that, if I can remember correctly. So like that's a memorized thing. Those are the only words from the Bible that we have heard in this entire episode. Everything else has just been. Fantasy hour with Ken Copeland trying to remember the plots of movies and, and <laughs> right. like while talking about <laughs> fucking C-School and Ebert hour with Ken Copeland. Supposed, if he took over for Ebert back he, when he was getting surgery. Supposed, supposed to be doing like a remembrance episode to honor the 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 memory of nine eleven. He's and, talking about in Pearl Harbor for the yeah. majority of it. The only victim was not, uh, the only people uh, that were affected by nine eleven. He's brought up are the people who survived it. He has not once brought up anybody who was m- killed during nine eleven. No. Or in, in the subsequent war that he thinks was a total win for America, in the twenty years afterwards, no, that totaled well, more than the people who died well, in nine eleven. And wouldn't you think that, like, okay, from the if you were a grifter, Frank, like if you and I were were prosperity preachers and our whole and we knew that the game was, so you convince them, like, I am going to use this episode to convince my audience that if something crazy like another attack on this country happens. As long as you have, as long as you're close to God, then you will be protected. And the way that you get close to God is by giving money, propping up his uh, servant, who is me, Kenneth Copeland, me and you in this hypothetical scenario. Isn't I'll that, th- that's the way to go, right? Like yeah, that's, that would, that would that's be the, the route. grift is that like, you're going to be safe from from harm and we'll because, make sure that happens. Yeah, yeah because god loves you because you donated to me that is i'm convinced that kenneth copeland doesn't remember how what his grift is or how to sell it because i could fucking sell it better like i knew when i should have fucking pivoted to biden and you i knew yeah. when i should have <laughs> pivoted to also to the sales i pitch. think you would be you would be savvy enough to to realize that like look People have laid the homework, people have done the homework before you. You go on Google, you type in 9-11 Bible verse, someone has made some tenuous connection Mm -hmm. to something Jesus said. Like, it's not hard. People have done this grift before. You're not breaking new ground here, Ken. Yeah, no. How are you this bad at it? Well, And And, and also the the successful. He's not, he's he's not, uh, and maybe, uh, he's a multimillionaire. Like, he's clearly a grifter. He's clearly in this for yeah. the money I mean, he's taking the 20 percent of your grandma's fucking retirement yeah. of course he is um it's just so crazy like you you have to wonder how he made that much money off being such a bad salesman well like and he's, he's not good at selling to it. be fair well it actually might be a great episode for us to do if we could find an episode of his heyday of him like when he first started out I would bet dollars to donuts they're different. Oh, yeah. I don't I'm think sure. Kenneth Copeland today could land the spot he's in had he not started young. Yeah. It was Semi young. He was probably forty five when it started. Semi charismatic. Yeah. Had more energy, his brain was a little sharper. He probably, like, yeah. remembered the Bible back then like, yeah. a little more. No, I'm I'm sure you're probably right. Like, it, it would have to be because it, there's yeah. otherwise there's no Well, and, and, and based, just based on the voices that are propping him up with amens and, and hallelujahs, like, they sound like they've been with him for 40 for a, years. For a while. Right. That's the only way you get I can't a imagine room has, full of people. You don't have many new people coming through the door to Ken Copeland. Mm-hmm. Unless, like, no. Your viewers are having kids, and they're forcing their kids to watch. Maybe it. so, yeah, maybe. Although I don't think anybody that I recognize, or it, I didn't recognize anybody in the audience, thank God. Um, <laughs> but anybody from the audience, at least from on this episode, did not look like they were having kids anymore. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of gray hair, and their, in that their audience. kids aren't there with them, so that didn't no, obviously work. No, they're not. So again. Um, it's a shame that Ken can't sell his grift as well as I could sell his grift. Maybe I need to apply. Um, uh, yeah. There's a worker shortage, so maybe he needs help. I don't know. Um, well, he clearly needs help. Oh, whether, he, need, he needs whether help. Whether he knows it or not. So instead of uh, selling his grift, again, what's so funny to me uh, about the way that both of these, uh, these Ken Copeland episodes uh, end is that as somebody who, run, who does a show— right? Like, you and I do this show weekly, right? I know when the end is coming. I know when the end is coming. I know the clip that I'm about to play is the last fucking clip of the episode. I know that. So for Ken to not be able to get his point in that I at least feel like he should be making, or for him to at least not... Like, it almost seems like he it's abrupt like he doesn't know it's coming but he knows he has nothing else to say i I just i mean he's been vamping for let me check like 25 minutes now yeah i i i I just don't these are interesting ways to end his show but we'll let him do it in his uh at least as far as un-american is concerned and in the traditional fashion (laughs) as as far as we've heard
1: i saw a, a short vision one day And I saw this man and he had all these, these curtains and they were beautiful curtains. And he would, pick, he would pick it up and trying to hang the curtains. And, and I noticed there were little snakes among those curtains and they were biting him in the back of the legs and and he was trying to hang those, but there was no rod. And he thought, my problem is I don't have a curtain rod. How foolish could I have been? (laughs) So he got him a curtain rod and the curtain rod was golden. Mm. And so once he hung these curtains on that and he hung those up there, the little snakes just fell dead. Hmm. His enemies just fell dead at his feet. A golden rod of love for your enemies. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Mm-hmm. love your neighbors, you said on this hangs all the law and the prophets
2: he forgot this was about 9 11 i'm convinced that like he fucking forgot that this was about 9 11 what did the vision i for i think he for, he forgot that like visions are supposed to have a point it's... what is that point like the guy First of all, like I don't believe that in a vision you can see what the what the character is thinking. That's a problem. Like that's a comic book. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> a comic book. Um, I think Kenneth Copeland is pulling this shit out of his ass. I think he's pre thought about it, and it made sense when he said him. it in his head. I want to ask <laughs> you, Brandon, when he like said it out loud. So uh, if I if I come over to your your house one day and I release a bunch of snakes into your apartment, but then I hang up curtains do you think that would drive the snakes away i don't think so i think that i think they'd they'd keep biting you they'd be like yeah these do nothing yeah i think what he was i don't care that the 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 fucking rod is gold it was so it was well so that was symbolism for the golden rule right love your neighbor as yourself which he said right right after being like i I will fight them but I can't hate them. Right. We should right. like I'll kill them but I'll do bullet. it with passion. Yeah. So then he he goes into this vision that I think he is really Think, just a metaphor? Yeah. There's no way this is. He just thought of this. And he thinks oh, that's yeah. a vision. He 100% thought of this the night before they fucking did right. this episode. I bet In his head, he was like, this will kill. This is going to go the over The women will so be fanning well. themselves. They'll be so like, sweaty. Yeah. Ruth is going to love this. Blanche, right. <laughs> um, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't get too excited. Fuck, man. But, but, but again, don't. This. Whole episode was supposed to be a remembrance of 9 11, and it had Although, very little I to think, do with 9 11. D- I, I think we should steal his idea of like when our music comes in, we just go ASMR and we're like, yeah, praise God, praise yeah. God, amen, amen, amen. 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 Yeah. Patreon. Patreon. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Uh, um, oh god. Yeah, it's, it's that is a weird fucking way to end. It's, so far, every episode that I've seen has a goofy ass ending like this, where it's like, oh, man, and you are not hitting it. You are well, not even in the beginning. I don't like. That's why I, th- I, I say we should try to find an, the earliest episode of his we can to cover. I don't know how far back he goes that we can find. Yeah. Uh, I right. mean, I'm sure that there's – I'm sure there's archived – Even I though, like, even going back to the early 2000s, I'm curious if he was different 20 years ago. He would have to be because people like Alex Jones were different 20 years ago. Glenn Beck was different 20 years yeah. ago. Tucker Carlson was way different 20 years <laughs> ago. He's still a fucking douchebag, but he wasn't – he wasn't a fascist yet. Yeah, uh, he was uh, cashing CNN checks. Right, yeah. Trying to make it – Hanging out with Rachel Maddow and shit. Like – I just like yeah he would have to be different and I'm and I would bet that we can find I just I assume he has to be better there's no way he can be worse than this, right? This is just uninspired garbage. Like, if, if I didn't have you here to mock this with me, I wouldn't have been able to sit through this. Oh, I'm no, surprised you were. Yeah, like, this, this was tough. Uh, this, I mean, it was tough and it wasn't. It, for me, it wasn't tough because I knew I wasn't going to have to look shit up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew that I wasn't going to have to spend time watching, then cutting, I, then, I, then pulling I, shit. I, love that. I, I, I like that you're just watching this being like, Ken, I cannot fact check your visions, dude. Yeah, this doesn't work. I, I can't can't do it. Um yeah, I don't know. It, 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 I would say though to your point, he would have had to have been better than this. Otherwise, that it scares the shit out of me as far as like what what is our like as a nation or as a people, as his base, whoever made him a millionaire, all of the people's all of the people that got robbed of their money to make him a millionaire. Like how what is their mentality like when it comes to hearing shit like this? How stupid is our population if he was never better than this, which which would make me think he would have to have been better than this. And I will. Well, maybe we'll do it as a bonus episode. I don't know if we're going to do three Copeland uh, episodes on the main feed (laughs) um, because they're ridiculously silly. But maybe we'll we'll try to work something in for the bonus what's, where we can I'm, find an old one. I know that, like, uh, what's his name? Billy G- Graham, Billy right? Billy Graham, yeah. Yeah, like his old shit from, like, the 60s and stuff, that's up on YouTube and stuff. So I'm sure yeah. we can probably find old videos of Copeland. Um, but, man, man this is— just trying to put myself in Greg Stevens' shoes, being like, I'm sure he had something—he had a grip to sell, right? He's a professor. He's He's coming on there to sell or make money somehow. Yeah. And he never got to it. He didn't even get the courtesy, like, if we had a guest on the podcast, we'd throw it to him and be like, do you want to plug anything? Like, he didn't even get that. No, he doesn't. Oh, he, 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 he just came to say amen the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, I I, I don't know what he got out of it. I don't know what anybody got out of it. I don't know why Ken it. needed him there. Like, it seems like the audience was doing that job just fine by themselves. They, I, didn't need a, they didn't need, like, a hint from him. I have a feeling that he was on the episode before it. Here's my theory. I— I have a, my thought is that he records multiple. Of the like multiple episodes In a row of these like 23 minute Segments or whatever right right because like There's even times I've even seen clips where he's Been like it's Friday praise Jesus And his audience just doesn't react and we're like That's because it's fucking Tuesday (laughs) Like We're recording this early In the week Um, but Like my bet is that like Stevens was just a hangover from The Thursday show and Kenneth Copeland in is senile and Forgot what he's like no we can use you I mean I'm just gonna babble about a fucking movie I watched last night for 20 minutes but like it, it'll work um, yeah it, it, it's ridiculous I was watching Turner Classic Network and you're gonna hear all about it so how do you wanna uh, rate this episode I don't even know if this fits into our, our typical uh, structure of the, like like how do you rate this? I mean, like, we, where the, where, where, do we do, where where do we classify him on this <laughs> memorial episode? I think deme- we might think it would make a new category for losing your fucking mind. Do you want to do one of these? Come on, man! <laughs> there we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah. Um, so the, the the last episode we we rated him <laughs> and uh, Steve Strang, strange whatever yeah, his name Strang. was, as a fraud. I think that still applies. They're still grifting. They're still making money, even though this one wasn't as outwardly like give us money this way. Yeah. That's what, in the overall theme, that's all they're doing. Well, and you know, in the last one, he was like, this is why you should vote for Trump. Like, and yeah. you know, I don't think this hits it that hard, but at the same time, he's still being, he's still being like, look, if a terrorist attack happens, as long as you follow my shit, you will probably okay. be okay. Just, you put on the collar and it, suddenly everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, just like, we recommend to all of our audience members, don't try to get your Uber driver to wear a collar. Don't that's, also, that's be fucked don't up. try to get your taxi driver to to drive towards a terrorist attack, you fucking dick. Yeah, you walk. Yeah, it's it's they're all, making minimum wage. Goddamn it, it's it's weird shit. Yeah, I'm good with fraud for that. This guy who just pops off
0: and undermines the constitution and this guy is a complete fraud
2: thank you mark levin i'm gonna keep saying thank you mark levin in the hopes that one day he hears it and gets really pissed that i use his voice for that clip and uh then once i get a fucking cease and desist i will keep using it and keep thanking him for it that's that's the ultimate goal there i'll start beef with levin fuck levin um so yeah okay i'm good with that uh with that um being said then that'll bring us to the end of another episode we will be back but before we go frank can you please tell the listeners how they can find us uh well brandon we do have a facebook page which we really really shouldn't fuck mark zuckerberg <laughs> yeah no shit I, we don't even know what it's gonna be called is it gonna be a facebook page i think in a it's few vortex weeks? or whatever vortex? The fuck they're going for um you can also find us on twitter a little less evil not much At oh, real dude, unamerican it's definitely more active there on twitter, yeah though. yeah Uh, You can also find us on our personal accounts, Brandon, you're uh, at UnAmericanB. I am at FeveredHeart, and Jim at uh, AmericanActualJ. It's a lot of ass right in a row, a lot of ass. Uh, thank you, Franklin. I appreciate that very much. And I will uh, remind you, too, that you can follow us, like, subscribe, share, review. Episodes are available weekly. And of course, bonus content is available at patreon.com unamerican. So go check that out. And as always, we appreciate your support of the show. Um, so, with that all out of the way, I appreciate you being here tonight, Frank, and thank you to our listeners as well. We will return next week, but before we go, a reminder that these are names that I read at the end of every week, although we are getting near the end of this list, um, these names so far, are, are they are the, uh, the, the names of the, so far it's been House representatives, um, and that... Um, opposed certifying the election results Um, and I said to you before we even started the show one of the reasons that we started the show is because I was so mad that this list exists that I wanted to make sure I outed every name on this list so I think we're going to be finishing up with the house representatives this time Um, and then we've got a few senators to throw on there for the next episode and then like we're open to suggestions because there are definitely dishonorable mentions um that the, the list is going to keep going we're just going to have to start adding. maybe to the, the, maybe the list. list will just be every past uh topic of this of our episode yeah we'll maybe just do so. them in order Maybe so. Kenneth them will get two shoutouts. So, but you are uh, welcome to tweet us suggestions or email us suggestions, unless they're like family members or something. Like, don't send me shit that says that, like, oh, uh, Stacy didn't take out the trash or some shit like that. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not classifying somebody as un-American for that. However, these shitty folks, I will. Um, so, our dishonorable mentions for the week are Jackie. Willarski of indiana uh, randy weber of texas daniel webster of florida roger williams of texas Joe Wilson of South Carolina, Rob Whitman of Virginia, Ron White of Texas, and Lee Zeldin of New York. And of course, your responsibility as our listener, if you live in one of these states, is to uh, find your way to the polls for the next election cycle and make sure that these assholes are voted against and put in a future unemployment line. Thanks. Amen. Un American is a Feverheart production. It is hosted by Brandon Condick, Franklin Everhart, and Jim Hillman. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. Contact us at unamericanpod at yahoo.com. And be sure to support us on Patreon for exclusive bonus content.